Hey, you know, seeing those three little dots on our phone when we're texting somebody is uh, both exciting uh, from the standpoint of, you know, somebody's getting ready to send us a message, uh, but then a little bit frustrating as we talked about last week because the message hasn't come through. It's especially frustrating when the three dots appear and then they go away and there's no message. And uh, that, that's especially true when we need information right now. We're unsure of something, we're unsure of our circumstances, we're not sure where we're supposed to be, and we would like an answer. If you've, if you've ever uh, had an appointment and you were on the way to the appointment or <laughs> maybe you went to the wrong place, you didn't know where you were supposed to be, and so you text somebody that's supposed to be at the meeting or you text your spouse, hey, where were we going? Where am I supposed to meet you? And you wait and wait like you need that information you you need that information right away maybe somebody's supposed to come pick you up from somewhere maybe you're a student you're waiting on your parents and you you text mom and dad hey everybody's leaving i need you to come <clears throat> i need you to come pick me up and you get no answer or you're at the grocery store and you're <clears throat> you're getting ready to check out and you text your spouse to make sure you have everything that you're supposed to have. Uh, how am I supposed to pay for this? Uh, should I get one more gallon of ice cream? Which I never text that. I just go ahead and get the one more gallon of ice cream. Sometimes we're in the circumstances and, we're, and we have some questions about our circumstances, some questions about our situation, <coughs> and we like an answer and it doesn't come. Hey, some, sometimes in life, uh, we have circumstances and we just wonder, what is happening? I, I just like a little bit of explanation here. I, I, I'd, I'd like a, a little understanding of the events that are happening around us. And, and sometimes we ask God for that, right? God, God what's going on? Like, why did this happen? Why am I in the middle of this? And truthfully, sometimes from God, we get these three dots. No explanation. Seemingly, at times, no help. Life's crazy right now. Uh, Life is unpredictable right now. Life and information, (laughs) statistics, all of that's changing every week. Sometimes it's changing changing every day. Many of you, your students started back to school this week, and it's it's an everyday kind of wait and see because things are changing so rapidly and most of us we would like some explanation we'd like some more information what's going on how long is this going to last and right now there is well there's kind of a void of answers there's this space that we wish could get filled up with information but the information is just not coming or or the information is not clear and so for some, we make up our own answers, right? Or, or we cling to the answers that somebody else gives us. Uh, for, for some of us, we've created, we've organized kind of an answer framework for our current situation. We've decided certain things, and so we accept anything that, uh, that supports our answer framework, and we reject anything that doesn't support our answer framework. And in a few weeks, I'm going to talk about the danger of listening to the wrong voices when we feel like we aren't hearing from God. Sometimes we substitute 
voices for the voice of God because we, we don't feel like God's answering our request, answering our prayer. Maybe you're tempted to do that, right? In, in our current circumstance, I think many people are looking for control, right? So, some way to feel like I'm not a victim in all of this. Life isn't spiraling out of control and, and, and some are looking to certain explanations, some are, are looking to certain people <clears throat> to try to give them that sense of, okay, I understand. Uh, okay, it makes sense. I know what's going on. I've kind of peeked behind the curtain and, and, and I figured out what not everybody has figured out. I think a lot of that attempt right now is an attempt to try to get back in control because let's be honest, we don't feel like we're in control because we aren't. I mean, that, that's the reality. We aren't in control right now, and really, we aren't in control ever, but to, to try to establish that control, sometimes we reach for answers. Because when we don't have answers, and we don't have explanations, very often, an explanation is better than no explanation. Any explanation sometimes is better than no explanation for us as humans, sort of the human side of us, we want an explanation. And, and, and when we feel out of control, we can have this tendency to grab onto any explanation that gives us some sense of control. The not knowing is what is so difficult. And, and if we aren't careful in difficult circumstances, the, the current one we're going through or other circumstances, in difficult, challenging circumstances, when we don't know, we will try to fill up that space with some answer. The problem is we don't always have an answer. Now, if we're going to face these difficult times in our lives, Without answers, without explanations, we, we get three dots from God. He, he's not really clarifying things for us. I think we have to get comfortable with, we, we have to accept a couple of principles. And, 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 and here's the first one. And these are not easy principles to accept, but I think they're necessary. Uh, here's the first one. God doesn't owe us an explanation. That's a hard one. Often God chooses to, give us, chooses to give us an explanation. Often God clarifies what we're going through. But the reality is we have to be okay with this fact that God doesn't owe us an explanation. If you've ever read the book of Job, that's sort of the high point of the book of Job for all of his struggles and difficulties that he did not understand and other people tried to explain to him. There came a moment where Job finally confronts God and God doesn't give him an answer, but he basically says, Job, I'm not required to explain everything to you because I'm God and you're not God. And God's not condescending when he says that. He's not looking down at us. But if you and I are going to walk faithfully through difficult circumstances, we have to own this reality. God doesn't owe me an explanation. And then I have to ask this question. Here's what I, we have to work through if we're going to be faithful through difficult circumstances. It's this question. Does life have to go the way I want it to go in order for me to believe? 
Does life have to go the way I see it, the way I've designed it in my mind? Yeah, occasional small problems here and there because I know everybody has some problems in their life. Occasional small, but nothing really big. We have to ask ourselves, does life have to go according to my plan in order for me to believe in God, to trust in God? Is that how I signed up for all of this? Did, did I sign up saying, God, I'll believe you, I'll follow you, you know, as long as things don't get too rough in my life? Th- those are some hard principles to acknowledge and accept God doesn't owe me an explanation. And, and, and am I willing to believe even if life doesn't go the way I thought it would go? Paul addresses some of this in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 4. The church in Corinth was really messed up. And First and 2 Corinthians, they're Paul's attempts to try to sort out just a lot of problems that were happening within this particular church. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, beginning in verse 6, Paul says this. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. You and I aren't always going to understand our circumstances. Sometimes we're going to look around and we're going to go, what's going on? Paul says, one thing we can know, regardless of our circumstances, is this. God's nature is to bring light out of darkness. That's God's nature. It's the way we meet God at the very beginning of the Bible in Genesis. That's what Paul's referencing in this particular verse. God brings light out of darkness as he did at the beginning. He brings beauty out of chaos. Whatever our circumstances, we can know, whether we understand them or not, whether we get explanation or not, we can know that God brings beauty out of all things. God brings light out of the darkest of situations and God has put light in us. Let's read the verse again. For for God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. And, and, And I get it. When we're in the midst of challenges, when we're in the midst of heavy circumstances, it can be difficult to think this way, but you and I have been given the light of Christ, and very often that light shines its brightest in the darkest of our circumstances. He has given us the light of Christ. He specifically says he's given us the light of the knowledge of, of God's glory, not the light of the knowledge of our circumstances, not the light of the knowledge of how everything works. God's not promising explanation here. God's not even promising clarity here. God is saying, I'm gonna bring light out of difficult circumstances and I have put my light into you. You can be light in the darkest of Circumstances. As a matter of fact, we're called to be light. That's what, that's what Paul's teaching us here. We're called to be the light of Christ regardless of our circumstances and regardless of whether we understand our circumstances. You could do that. And, and it's not because of you. It's not because of me. It's not because of us. Paul, Paul goes on to say, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that 
this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. What allows me to walk through difficult circumstances and be light? It's not me. Paul says, we're, we're like jars of clay, right? We're fragile, we're common, we're chipped and broken. But in our chipped and broken life, God's power gets displayed as we walk through difficult times. Now, a couple things about difficult circumstances, again, that we need clarity on. Here's one. My circumstances don't define God. I've got to keep that clear in my mind. My circumstances don't define God. Sometimes when we go through hard times, we're tempted to define God by our circumstances. If my life's going great, then God's great. If my life is hard, if my life is difficult, then then God's not so great. And where is God? When everything's wonderful, then God's close to me, right? God's for me. God's blessing me. We use that kind of language sometimes. God's blessing me because everything's great. When I go through difficult times, God's distant. God must not be concerned. God maybe isn't even real. If we aren't careful, we will define God according to our current circumstances, but my current circumstances are not God. Your circumstances are not God. Our circumstances don't define God, and we're all going to struggle with that tension at times, defining God by our circumstances, because we all hurt, we've all been betrayed, we've all struggled, we've all had difficulties. At some point, we all lose people that we love and we care about, and it is very tempting to define God according to our circumstances. The reality is we live in a broken, fallen world. Things are not as they should be, and God is one day promised to bring all things back to their rightful place, to make all things light and beautiful again, but that day is not today. God is with us in our struggles. God is near us in our struggles. He is strengthening us. He's given us power in our struggles. But God is not defined by the circumstances that I'm currently experiencing. Second thought, my circumstances don't define me. And I want to be careful here because struggles are real. Hurt is real. Your experiences are your experiences. I am not minimizing those. However, you are not, and I am not just the sum total of our experiences. Uh, Our circumstances shape us. They influence us. They teach us. We learn things through difficult circumstances, but you are not the sum total of your circumstances. Think of it this way. There is a me that exists separate from what is happening to me. There's a me that exists separate from what is happening to me. My circumstances in many ways are very external, even even if they're personal, uh, even if I'm hurting, even if they're affecting me. My circumstances are external to me. There is a me, there is a spirit, soul part of me that is not defined solely by what I'm going through. So we can't define ourselves solely 
on our circumstances. Think of it this way. The things that are happening to me don't get to define me thanks to the power of God at work within me. The things that are happening to me, they don't get to define me and they don't get the last word about me and who I am because God's put his power and his light inside of me. Paul masterfully teaches this in the next verse. He writes, we, talking about himself and the people who are with him, we are hard pressed on every side but not crushed, perplexed but not in despair, persecuted but not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed. He lists on the one hand all of the things that are happening to him, his circumstances, his experiences. And those experiences are hard-pressed, perplexed, persecuted, struck down. They're real. Uh, Paul is experiencing the effects of his circumstances. Hard-pressed, perplexed, persecuted, struck down. This is real. This is what I'm experiencing. But this is not who I am. Paul says, over here is who I am. Even though that's all happening, I am not crushed, not in despair, not abandoned, and not destroyed. This list doesn't define this list. This description doesn't define who I am. Because in the midst of this, in the midst of being hard-pressed and perplexed and persecuted and struck down, Paul was not crushed and not in despair and not abandoned and not destroyed. It's almost like Paul was saying, look, hit me with your best shot. Life, circumstances, hit me with your best shot because I have decided in the midst of any circumstances, I am going to be resilient. I am going to believe. I am going to trust. I am going to be full of hope. And no circumstances can change who I am as I walk through this life. And maybe some of us need a chart like Paul's. Like maybe it would help if you just took out a piece of paper and, and, and you just broke it down. You, you, got, you got your laptop out or, or your iPad out and you just started making lists. These are my circumstances, but they're not gonna affect who I am because this is who I am. Our circumstances do not have the power to define who we are through the power of God. With the light of God at work in our fragile, broken lives, we don't have to be the sum total of our circumstances. I I was interested in the word perplexed as I kind of looked up these words in the original languages. Perplexed, as Paul uses it, means at a loss, right? Or, Or without a way. Paul says, there's, there's times I'm at a loss. I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what's happening. I look at my circumstances and go, why is, why is this happening to me? I'm at a loss. And I don't really know what to do next. I don't know how to get out of the circumstance. I, I, I don't know how I'm supposed to respond to the circumstance. Have you ever felt that way? I, I felt that way, right? Just at a loss. Like, what? God, what is happening? Why is this in my life? Why does this keep happening? Why am I back to this same place? Just at a loss. You know, I go back and forth uh, in my own thinking and uh, as to how often to bring up the coronavirus and, and the pandemic. Uh, because I know on the, on the, on the one hand, we, we just don't want to hear about it, but, but it's real. I mean, it, it, 
it's, it's with us for, for who knows how much longer. And if I can just be honest, I, I, I don't want to speak for you. I'll just speak for me. I'm tired, right? Maybe some of you are too. Like, I'm tired. I'm perplexed. Like, what, what's the way? I'm, I'm, I'm at a loss. I, I, I'm tired of the news. I, I'm tired of decisions. Some of you are struggling with that tension of kids in school and, and, and managing all of that. Just We're having to overthink so many things right now to try to make the right decision. And it's, it's tiring, isn't it? I, I'm tired of not knowing how long this is going to go on. That there's really no end in sight. That's wearying. I, I, I'm tired of the, the amount of thought that has to go into anything we decide to do. Any plan we decide to make. It is wearying. I am perplexed. Yeah, I, I, I'm at a loss. But that circumstance, that situation I am determined is not going to make me despair. It's not going to make me feel abandoned. I'm not going to let the circumstances, as tiring as they may be, to determine who I'm going to be in the circumstance. Whatever your experience is right now with the pandemic, with other things that are happening in your life, I want to encourage you to separate what is happening to you and who you are in the midst of those circumstances. Don't let those circumstances define you. Paul goes on to say this in verse 10. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body, just as Jesus suffered, right? most notably in the cross, most notably in his death. As Jesus suffered, you and I are going to suffer in this life. It says we're going to experience aspects of the death of Jesus, the struggles, the disappointments, the betrayals, the heartaches, the, the suffering of this life that we live in. A fallen, broken world is going to bring suffering. And Paul is very transparent to say we're going to experience that. We're going to continually experience that. But in the midst of the suffering, we can also experience the life of Christ. I don't have to give in to my suffering. I can experience the life of Christ, the power of God in my circumstances, even if I don't understand them, even if God hasn't explained them to me, even if God hasn't given me a timeline of how long they're going to last, even if God didn't sit me down and say, well, these are all the reasons you're going through this. Even if I don't get that, even if I just get three dots and I'm hearing nothing from God, I can experience the life of Jesus even in my struggles. Paul says in verse 12, so then, since that's true, so then, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. Just kind of a strange phrase. Here's what, here's what Paul is saying. The struggles that I'm facing, if I face them well, if I, if I face them in faith, if I refuse to give in to despair, if I acknowledge it, I'm not abandoned by God. If I, if I maintain hope, 
then my struggle with death, the difficulties of this life, could encourage you. It could result in life in your life. Like you, you, you could be encouraged because you're watching the way I'm walking through difficult times. We, all of us, not just Paul, we should walk through difficult circumstances in such a way that others are encouraged, that others find life because we refuse to despair. We refuse to give up hope. We refuse to stop believing. We continue to trust. And others watch us walking through those difficult times and their heart's encouraged. And there's some part of them that says, when I go through difficult times, I want to walk through circumstances like that person did. I want to walk with hope. I want to walk with encouragement. Don't you want that to be said about you at the end of this whole pandemic? Whenever that's going to be. I, I don't have a date. I can't tell you when that's going to be. But, but whenever we move out of this season of our life, this phase of our life, and, and, and I know there are many other struggles that people are going through. Just, let's just think about this one. When we come out of this season, out of this pandemic, don't you hope that people will say to you, you know, I watched you go through this. And you were an encouragement to me. There were times I, I, I almost got down and, and I saw you, I heard from you. I, I read a post that, that you made. You said something to me. <laughs> I got a text from you. I mean, don't you hope on the other side of this, people will say, the way you faced this gave me life. It gave me hope. It lifted me up when I was down. And, and, and you would probably respond, you know, there were times I didn't know if I was gonna make it, honestly. I mean, there were times that I was, I was tempted to despair. I was struggling a little bit, but, but I was just determined that the life <coughs> and light of Jesus was going to characterize my life and not these circumstances. Like You've been given the power of God. The light of God has been put in you Four moments like these so that you would shine, so that you would be different than just your circumstances. Paul takes the next couple of verses and he reaffirms his faith. He reaffirms his trust in God. And then he says in verse 16, therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. Some crazy things happening right now. Things I don't understand, I don't think you understand. They're, they're tiring, they're wearying. Paul admitted 2,000 years ago, look, there's some things outside of us. Our circumstances, our bodies, even, we get tired, we get weary. But it is possible for the real you, the you that's on the inside, to be renewed day by day. You don't have to be pulled down by all of these circumstances. You don't have to be discouraged in the midst of what we're going through. Be smart, be wise, all of those things. You don't have to be discouraged because the inner person that, that is inside of all of us can, can be renewed day by day. He even says in the next verse, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal goal that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, 
but what is unseen is eternal. This is going to pass. One day, uh, earthly circumstances are going to pass. And, and they're not going to seem nearly as weighty as they seem right now. I'm not minimizing what anybody's going through. I'm just telling you. One day, we're going to look back on all of this and realize, well, that was nothing compared to the joy, to the light, to the goodness that awaits us. So I, I just want to encourage you with Paul's words. Number one, fix your eyes on what is unseen. When you don't understand, when you don't have an explanation, when it doesn't make sense, when you wonder what is going on and you feel like you're not hearing anything from God, just fix your eyes on what is unseen. Fix your eyes on the eternal. Be, be careful what you're focusing on. Be careful what you're putting in your mind. Fix your eyes on what is true and eternal and everlasting. And second, this great, this great encouragement from Paul. Don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. Don't give in to despair. Don't lose heart. Be encouraged. For the power of God is in you. The light of God is in you. Specifically for the times that we walk through difficult circumstances. Your circumstances do not define you. You are not abandoned. You can be full of hope. You can be resilient. You can keep trusting regardless of your circumstances. God, thank you that though you don't always choose to give us an explanation, you always give us power. You always give us the ability to be light in the darkness. You give us the ability to encourage other people who are walking us, who are watching us walk this path that we're on. And God, when we come out of difficult times, we come out of the difficult season we're in right now, how, how beautiful it would be if someone said, I didn't think I was gonna make it, but I kept watching you and you were such an encouragement to me. It, it was so much light. You, you gave so much hope. You were so constant with all the things that were so crazy. God, let us be those people in our darkest circumstances. I pray it in Jesus' name, amen.